Hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to another episode of Capes and Japes. Uh, I am Olivia, definitely coming down with a cold. Uh, so if I sound not great, that would be why. I'm fine. Don't worry. And I'm Elion, definitely just got back from WonderCon like an hour ago, immediately took a nap. So if I sound tired, I am. <laughs> we're both we're both we're both doing our best out here. Um on this. I was trying um today, I was trying to come up with like fun April Fools intros we could do, and then I remembered that the episode we're recording on April Fool's Day, but the episode is coming out the day after April Fool's Day, so it probably wouldn't be that funny. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would lose a little bit. It would. It would mostly just be confusing instead of everyone today being prepared for all the, the, the pranks and shenanigans and what have you. Yeah. Um, but not April Fool's. Uh, absolutely for real. Uh, we are today going to be talking about, uh, Roy Harper, who is a, um, a special, a special boy to me, um, as is everyone from his particular generation of teen heroes, um, who's also, uh, probably most well known, uh, for the most unfortunate thing in his, uh, comic book history, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, so, uh, Roy Harper is the sidekick of the Green Arrow. Um, his superhero name is Speedy, on account of how he's very speedy with the arrows that he shoots. He is not called that because he runs fast or anything, and I know I say this every time, it's just, it is such a bad nickname, I can't believe it stuck around as long as it did, and it's especially funny when he is on a team with Kid Flash, whose entire thing is going very fast. Is there, is there a hero named Quick Draw? Cause that would have been good. That would have been, that would have been pretty good. I feel like, I mean, even if there is one, they're clearly not as well known. Um, I don't, I don't think there is. Hey, what the heck, comics? Um, that would have been so much better. Um, but he's speedy. Um, and then later on, people make a lot oh. of unfortunate jokes about it. There is Quick Draw McGraw, who is a horse. <laughs> okay, see, that also doesn't make sense, because a horse could not quickly draw anything, No, because they are a horse. He's a cowboy horse. I it's, actually oh. think... I've seen this horse. Okay. This horse looks very familiar. Oh, it's like a cartoon horse. Yeah, but there are comics. Oh. Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm looking at this horse now. I wasn't imagining, like, an anthropomorphic horse with, like, cartoon hands. Oh, so. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a Hanna, it's a Hanna-Barbera horse. Okay, that makes more sense. Um... Wait, why does the horse have a horse? I, there is a, 
There's a comics cover of Quick Draw McGraw on a pogo stick chasing after a dude on a horse, not an anthropomorphic cowboy horse. And Quick Draw McGraw is saying, that's my horse, you horse thief. Why does he have a horse? Hey, hey, why, why is this, why is this horse got a horse? This is some, this is some Goofy and Pluto nonsense. Um. Anyway, we're, we're not talking about Quick Draw McGraw. We are talking about no. Roy Harper. <laughs> we are, whose name is not Quick Draw, even though that definitely would have been a better code name. Um, so, uh, we touched on when we talked about, uh, Ollie, the Green Arrow, um, how he was created, um, and, like, he definitely wasn't the only character like this, but he was very clearly, like, born out of the popularity of Batman, um, and had, like, you know, a very similar thing where he was, you know, like, extremely wealthy in his civilian persona, and he had, you know, all of these, like, gadgets, and he had, like, an arrow car and an arrow cave, um, and one of the, uh, the other Batman-like aspects that they introduced, uh, was a, uh, a teen sidekick. Um, right, right off the bat, they were like, well, Robin is, uh, very popular in Batman comics. People are huge fans of Robin. Let's just, uh, introduce him with a sidekick. First issue. Um, and his name is Speedy. Um, and the backstory that they introduce him with, um, which is very clearly, like, not, like, and also a lot of, like, Golden Age backstories, like, weren't the extremely involved, like, narratives that they are today. Um, it is, uh, it is unfortunate, uh, because the, the backstory that they come up with, uh, in 1941 is that, uh, Roy, uh, Roy's dad, uh, was a, like a park ranger, um, and so he grew up spending, you know, a lot of time in the woods as a little kid, uh, and then his father died in a forest fire, um, and, uh, Roy was adopted by a, uh, quote-unquote Navajo medicine chief, um, mm. who taught him how to uh to use a bow and arrow real real good um and 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 this was uh this was probably not a very good representation right no no it was 1941 i i can't imagine it would be at this point in time no it was not great um and it's like it weirdly i don't know that they've changed this um they gave him a different backstory i think for new 52 because they changed like basically everything for everybody um i don't think at any other point in comics canon they were like "Mm, that's kind of (laughs) whack we should maybe come up with a different thing um which like i mean they've had They've changed characters' origin stories with, like, 
for less reason than this. And, like, I don't... I don't want to say there's not a way to do this well, but also I don't think there's a way to do this well. I don't think there's a way you could do this and hand it off to all of the comic book writers of all the world and trust all of them to handle it respectfully. Um, so a lot of the times when people write Roy, they just don't really go into this. Um... And then sometimes they do, and it's bad. Like, sometimes he, like, gets a new costume, and he's like, oh, this is to reflect my Navajo heritage, and it's not very good. It's not very good. Um, but that's, that's, that's the backstory. That is clearly sort of just, like, uh, you know, what's a, a quick, easy way to explain why this kid is so good at shooting a bow and arrow, and also why he's, uh, an orphan hanging out with this, uh, wealthy superhero. Um, but he becomes, uh, Green Arrow sidekick Speedy. Um, he has sort of a, uh, a similar aesthetic, um, to Ollie's, like, Robin Hood-influenced costume, but his, uh, Roy's is red and yellow um the color Which, the color of sidekicks yeah i'm like this doesn't really help with the uh flash confusion no it doesn't <laughs> I, god i can't believe wally didn't like make him change his name he's like dude you you can't you can't do this <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> um but yes he does uh you know he Pals around with Ollie doing a lot of the same things that Robin does with Batman, like kind of acting as, you know, sort of a an audience surrogate and like a way for like kids reading the comics to like project themselves into this adventure. Um when the uh Teen Titans first form uh in the sixties, um Roy is I think Roy joins not quite at the same time as everybody else. Um, but he's still, like, I think he's a kind of, like, he makes, like, guest appearances in, like, the early issues, um, and then kind of joins the team for real. Um, but he is considered one of the, uh, founding members of the Titans, regardless. It's him, Dick Grayson as Robin, uh, Wally as Kid Flash, Garth as Aqualad, and, uh, Donna Troy as Wonder Girl. Um, and Roy and Donna have kind of, uh, an on-again, off-again romance, um, that's come back a few times since, uh, since this began. I think they were together recently, uh, like within the past year in Titans. Uh, and then a bunch of stuff happened where, like, Donna had to be, like, put under house arrest in the Justice League watchtower because there was this prophecy that she was going to destroy the world or whatever. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, fun, fun stuff. Um, and, you know, in, in general, just, uh, throughout most of this time, like, not a super well-known character. Um, I mean, like, you know, because Green Arrow's 
a somewhat popular superhero, but not to the level of, you know, Batman or I don't think even the Flash at this point. Um, so, you know, just kind of showing up in Green Arrow comics, hanging out with the Teen Titans, um, shooting arrows, having, having a great time. Uh, in 1971, uh, this thing happened, uh, that we did, uh, that we touched on when we talked about Ollie, um, but in the, the 60s and 70s, um, Green Arrow and Green Lantern, uh, co-star in a comic book series that mostly follows the two of them, like, dealing with actual serious social issues and, like, having clashing perspectives on them, uh, because, you know, Green Lantern wants to, uh, kind of do things by the book and work within the system, uh, to fix problems, uh, and Ollie is more radical. Um, and one of the issues they tackle, uh, in this issue-heavy comic book, uh, is teen drug use and drug addiction among young people, um, specifically heroin, which is, you know, a, a significant topic of conversation in the 70s. Uh, and in order to kind of make this, like, drive this point home, um, and make it personal, uh, it's discovered, Green Arrow and Green Lantern, uh, discover that Roy, uh, is addicted to heroin. Um, and they find this out through, like, uh, they run into these, uh, muggers who are, like, trying to, uh, trying to get money to buy drugs, and they're like, oh, weird, those muggers are, like, they have, like, a crossbow with, like, a bunch of Ollie's arrows in it. Like, where did they get those? Uh, and then, oh, Roy's working with them and he gave them a bunch of arrows, uh, in exchange for drugs, cause he's addicted to heroin. Um, the, the thing about this is, um, I said, sa- I sound, I sound angrier about this than I am. I'm not. Um, the, the weird thing about this is, like, it's a, a very significant story. Uh, it wins a bunch of awards. It's a pretty huge deal for DC and for comics in general. I think, like, it was, they, like, dropped the, uh, the comics code for part of it. And it was, like, the first time they'd done that since the comics code was initiated, which was, like, you know, this, like, huge thing that dictated what you could and couldn't show in comic books because people were afraid that comics were corrupting the youth. Um, and it, like, kind of is the first time something like this has been introduced to comic books. And it's a very, it's a very big deal and a, a major milestone. Um, the thing is, like, having an existing character um, like, be revealed to have a drug addiction is, like, that character still exists after this. Um, and, like, people are going to have to write them with the consequences 
of, you know, them canonically having been addicted to heroin. Um, which is like, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's just, I don't think, um, I think when they came up with this, um, Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams wrote this story. I don't think they were necessarily thinking of like, hmm, this is going to provide some interesting storytelling opportunities for Roy Harper down the line. Um, they were like, we're going to tell the story about drugs, uh, and Speedy's going to be, uh, part of it because we need Green Arrow to see how serious this is. Um, but, uh, it, it, it does happen and it does affect, uh, pretty much everything about Roy from that point out. Um, and I mean, and the thing is, it's been like, it's been treated with varying degrees of respect since then, but it is like, has consistently been a huge part of Roy's character since that happened. And if they didn't do that, I don't know if like, Roy would have been more popular than he is now, or less popular, or like, how he would have fit in to the larger scheme of the DCU. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. It's, it's, it's a, a significant event for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, and also these are the issues that introduced the concept of Oliver Queen's extremely spicy chili. Um, <laughs> so that's just another thing that's in there. Um, he, uh, uh, also, part of this is the fact that, uh, Ollie does not take this very well, uh, and punches him and kicks him out, which is, everybody, uh, not the way that you should treat somebody who is struggling with addiction. <laughs> just a quick heads up, just so we're all on the same page. Do not do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not great. That's not great behavior, um, and it's part of a pattern of, uh, not great behavior on Ollie's part, um, because, and this is true of a lot of superheroes, uh, but Ollie probably should not be responsible for children. He gets more responsible later on with future sidekicks, he gets increasingly, like, responsible as time goes on, uh, but I think with Roy, he kind of, uh, messes up, uh, a lot, especially with this, um, and it's, you know, I think that's part of the reason who's like, oh boy, I should have, I should have been a, a better parental figure to Roy, I gotta try and make amends for that, um, but so as, like, as Roy becomes an adult and, like, a solo superhero, that's, a pretty significant part of his kind of pathos is this pretty strained relationship he has with Ollie most of the time. Um, which is like, you know, like bat kids always have like a tense relationship with Batman. Um, but except for Jason, like he's still, you know, like a part of their life and, they view him as, like, a father figure. Uh, Roy feels angrier about Ollie. Um, not without reason. Uh, but so, uh, 
as they're trying uh trying to figure out what to do with Roy now that like this huge thing has been introduced to his story um he uh it's established that he uh works with various like anti-drug programs um he does also like uh after Ollie kicks him out um he ends up like uh Dinah Lance Black Canary ends up taking care of him while he's going through withdrawal um so his relationship with her is much better (laughs) that's good oh yeah oh thank god one of you knows what to do (laughs) with this struggling teen um he um he kind of bounces around for a while, not like really doing anything in an official capacity, like during kind of uh like after this through the seventies into the eighties um he uh he teams up with the Titans and other groups like occasionally in kind of a guest star way um he works as like uh a secret agent um he gets a job uh with sort like a fictional federal agency that's kind of an FBI CIA mix like working undercover as like uh, a drug enforcement agent um um with how yes how long actually mm, mm, he probably wasn't ever arrested for the drug abuse but uh they there is a, uh, typically, I don't know about this, fictional agency, mm-hmm. but typically if you've done drugs, illegal drugs, within a certain time limit, um, for softer drugs like marijuana, about five years, usually, other drugs, 20 years, so... <gasps> uh... I am going to guess that, one, nobody really looked into this, uh, two, this is a fictional (laughs) government agency, so they can make up whatever rules they want, uh, and or, three, uh, it was never on any, like, official record, um. Yeah, but typically it's part of the polygraph, so... I'm, I don't know if Roy Harper can fool a polygraph. Maybe, let me see, hold on, let me, uh, let me go to the, uh, the powers and abilities section of this page (laughs) and see if it says really good at fooling polygraph. Um, actually, one thing, um, on, uh, the official Wikipedia page for Roy, um, there's, you know, it has, all the stuff that you usually see with a comic book character, which is, you know, their first appearance and who created them, uh, affiliations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it says abilities, um, and it includes, uh, exceptional athletes, master archer, uh, occasionally uses trick arrows, which I don't think is really an ability. Um, but at the top of this list, it just says, superhuman abilities um which one he does not have i was just gonna ask what are roy's superhuman abilities he does not have those and two it does not go into any further detail it just says superhuman abilities 
Okay, Wikipedia. Um, okay, so don't trust the internet. Um, but while um, while Roy is uh, working undercover, uh, trying to bust drugs, uh, because he fooled a polygraph successfully, um, he uh, encounters the uh, martial artist, assassin, supervillain, uh, Cheshire, um, real name Jade Nguyen, um, who is, you know, a, a super badass, uh, martial artist. She has, like, uh, these, like, gloves with these really long nails that have, like, poison in them, uh, so she can, like, claw at people and kill them with her cool nails. Um, she has this, uh, very sexy green outfit with, like, uh, like, one very long flowy sleeve and then, like, a low-cut leotard and then these, like, thigh-high boots. Um, a super cool design, uh, in the 2003 Teen Titans cartoons, which is seen, like, only very, very briefly. Um, like, I think she's in the last season and it's, like, part of a montage of, like, all these, like, different nameless supervillains fighting, like, different titans, and she's, like, fighting Roy in the woods somewhere. Um, that sounds this, about right. Yeah, but this super cool kind of, like, kabuki-looking, like, Cheshire cat mask, um, and a kimono, um, uh, and sort of more, like, Wolverine-type claws, I think. Um, very cool. Yes. I was very into it as a kid. Um. But so he, uh, he's supposed to be, uh, apprehending Cheshire. Um, they end up falling in love. Uh, they have, like, kind of a brief fling. Uh, and then Roy's like, oh, I'd like, you know, I can't turn her in, but I can't stay here. Um, and he leaves. Um, and then later discovers, uh, that... Cheshire ended up pregnant from this, um, and she has a baby, uh, a baby girl named Leon, um, who, uh, ends up, uh, she ends up, like, coming back and leaving with Roy, um, presumably in, like, uh, a way of, like, well, I'm a, like, super murderer, so I can't take care of this baby, so now she's your responsibility, even though your life is equally dangerous. Um, I mean, it is kind of fair, though, as, like, an assassin. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I would want the baby with the superhero rather than the assassin. If given the choice, absolutely, I would take that. Um, so Cheshire is probably, like, I think, usually considered Roy's, like, most significant love interest. I mean, obviously, because they have, like, a child together, but also because, like, she, like, shows back up in his life a few times and, you know, they think about each other a lot. And it is, like, it 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 is pretty good. Like, it it's a trope, but, like, it's pretty good content. Um, and, uh, Leon is so, 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 so great. I've definitely mentioned this on this podcast before, but Leon is just, like, a great kid and Roy like taking her to like like casual superhero hangouts is the best thing. Um and there's 
a uh a like a sequence from Titans. No adjective Titans, which is one of the comic books where like the original like the Fab Five Titans are, you know, back together as adults ish. Um and they're uh and they're all at a diner together and they're bantering cutely. Um and someone brings up like I mean, like real who even is really leading the Justice League, like when you get down to it, and Dick's like, Well, Batman, um, you know, and I think Donna says it's Diana and somebody else says Superman. Um and then like Lee, like Leon who's like four years old reaches over for some fries and goes, Oracle And I'm like, Yeah This kid gets it. Um I think we mentioned that I think it was during our Barbara episode. I probably was. Cause it's I, my I remember thing. looking up the exact panel. <laughs> it's great. It's a great scene. It um, is. But uh so after this point, uh Roy uh he changes identity a few times. Uh not a few times. I he's he's Arsenal for a while. He like officially rejoins the Titans. Um he names himself Arsenal because he's developed like a whole bunch of new weapons. Uh he has a very, very bad outfit at first. Um it's kind of a a purple monstrosity. Um but this is also like still like like Every, it's the 90s and everybody has a mullet, so, like, nobody looks good, so it's forgivable. Um, yeah. He does, um, he, later on, he goes by, uh, Red Arrow, um, and I didn't know this, this, um, this is, like, mid-2000s that this happened, but I just have to, I didn't know this, and this is very funny, um, so, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, asks him, to join the Justice League. Um, and, uh, at some point they're in a fight, and Hal starts to say Roy's name, and then tries to backpedal so he doesn't say Roy's, like, civilian name out loud, and goes, Red Arrow. <laughs> and then Roy's like, actually, that's pretty good. I want to be Red Arrow. <laughs> actually, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, thanks, Hal. Um, but, um, that's later on. Uh, while he is Arsenal, um, he is a founding member of, uh, this team called the Outsiders, um, which is a group that's cropped up, like, a couple times in comic book history, um, usually led by Batman as kind of, like, a covert, like, underground group, kind of, like, working on, like, the outskirts and in the shadows to, like, do things that more recognizable superheroes can't do. Um, so, uh, when the, um, when the Teen Titans break up, uh, Roy ends up founding this new incarnation of the Outsiders, uh, and gets, uh, gets his old, his old pal Dick Grayson to join it. 
um, after some coaxing. Um, and like outsiders, it's very challenging to me. Um, because on the one hand, like I love Dick and Roy and Dick and Roy's friendship. Um, and I love like seeing Roy kind of, you know, be able to act as a central member of this team. Um, and this is at a point where he's, you know, he's a dad. He's like dealt with a lot of his stuff. He's doing his best. Um, but also Dick is not written well in it. <laughs> and it's like my one, like my ultimate sticking point is just if somebody like writes Dick Grayson badly, I'm like, get out of here. Um, you are no friend of mine. Yeah. He also, um, while he's doing this, uh, he gets, uh, shot in the chest by Brother Blood, who's a, a supervillain who's usually, like, a Titan's enemy. Um, and he survives, and he's, uh, he's fine, but he, like, takes some time to recover. Um, and then later on, he's, uh, he's fighting Deathstroke, um, and, like, Slade is, like, has, like, come to kill him, and, like, for, somehow over the course of this fight, like, sees the scar on his chest from where he was, like, shot in the chest with a gun, and Slade just goes, like, oh, man, you've really had a rough time, huh? I'm not, I'm gonna go. I'm not, I'm not gonna try and kill you. That'd be messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy, do you need some help? Um, which is so funny to me. You know it's bad when Slade Wilson is like, Yeah. I'm not even gonna kill you. Slade Wilson, the ultimate murder machine, who just puts 100% of his energy into trying to kill Teen Titans and former Teen Titans, is like, Oh, buddy, you wanna talk about it? Um, but, uh, so, the Outsiders, uh... Roy ends up leaving the team, uh, in, like, the mid-2000s, um, after which point is when he joins the Justice League and starts going by Red Arrow, um, uh, and runs into, uh, some more very, uh, very unfortunate, just a lot of very unfortunate things, um, where he gets, uh, his arm chopped off, uh, with a, a poisoned nanite laced blade, quote. Um, oh, good. Yeah, so he gets his arm chopped off. Um, and then also, uh, Star City blows up and, uh, Leon dies. Um, and then, uh, what is widely regarded as one of the worst storylines in, like, any comic book ensues, uh, wherein Roy, uh, like, racked with grief and trauma, like, uh, has a mental breakdown, uh, starts using drugs again, uh, wanders, like, wanders through the city in, like, you know, a delirious rage, hallucinates that a dead cat is his daughter, um, just generally, just a lot of, like, extremely 
unpleasant, like, kind of brutal for the sake of being brutal stuff. Um, none, none of it's, none of it's good. The fact that Leon dies is the least good thing. Um, because, like, blowing up a child, uh, is a pretty uncool move. I mean, yeah. both, like, as a, as a supervillain to do, murder's bad, but also, from a story perspective, it's like, come on. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Um, but, uh, shortly after this, uh, is when the New 52 reboot happens. Um, and they change, like, a bunch of stuff about Roy. Uh, they change his whole backstory with Ollie. I don't, um, it was like, he worked for him and then ended up as his sidekick. And then I don't know if he was ever, like, speedy in this version um he was uh he's a recovering alcoholic instead of a recovering heroin addict um but the one important thing that comes out of this is he is on a team with uh jason todd friend of the this show this is jason very todd. important yes <laughs> it is very important uh jason todd uh formerly murdered robin um at this point working as the red hood um and the uh the original Red Hood in the Outlaws series is not that good. Um it improves with time. Mostly it's not that good because uh they were like, what if uh what if instead of, you know, drawing all her power from her emotions, uh Starfire lost all her memories and she had no emotions at all, but she was still super sexy. Um that's like cool, great. Um but the very important thing is that Roy forms uh this very meaningful friendship with Jason Todd. Um which is like it's good for so many reasons. Um it's good because like Jason is usually like why like in universe, like, widely considered to be, like, you know, like, the bad Robin and, like, the black sheep of the Bat family, um, and, you know, Roy is considered kind of, you know, this, like, problem child, um, you know, this, uh, you know, it was Ollie's sidekick and then he, you know, went through all this stuff and, you know, um, and it's, like, they support each other in a way that's, like, genuinely very good. Um, and also fun that, like, Roy also has this, like, you know, gen- well, not a New 52, because everybody forgets all their friends. Um, but once this translates back into, you know, the regular universe where things are like they're supposed to be, like, Roy has this, like, lifelong friendship with Dick, and now also this, like, very close friendship with Jason. And not a lot of people are, like, bridging the gap between bat kids like that um so that um that is a very good thing um that did uh persist into uh rebirth when they undid the reboot and they were like we're putting everything back as it was before uh, most of it some of it is different still um but they kept the fact that like Roy and Jason have this history which is good or it was 
Except that Heroes in Crisis happened, and now Roy is dead again. Um, and also, also in New 52, they took away his, uh, his cool prosthetic arm that, uh, Cyborg built for him, uh, when his arm got chopped off, um, which was cool. It was cool to have a character who was both, like, a recovering addict and, uh, an amputee, um, but they took away his cool prosthetic arm, and I don't think he got it back when, uh, in Rebirth. I think he was back to having both of his original arms, um, which is a bummer. Um, I mean, I would probably be happy about it if I didn't have an arm and then got an arm back, but disabled characters are important to have in comic books. Um, Yes, they are. Yes, they are, confirmed. Anyways, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a brief history of Roy. Um, I, 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 I love him a lot. I think I, I feel like really, like, I wish, I think a lot of the times, like, in stories, it's, like, handled pretty well. Like, it varies. I wish, like, talking about Roy wasn't just, like, oh, the one who, like, got addicted to drugs in that one issue, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he does a whole bunch of other stuff. And he's he's a very, I, I like him a lot as a member of this sort of, uh, the the general titans family like as somebody who's been through a lot and is working to better himself um and cares about his friends he's good he's a he's a, he's a good boy a good kid please be nice to him um tom king i'm talking to you how could how could you do this how could you do this tom king um well- you I don't know. Yes. I don't know why Tom King killed Roy, but he killed Wally because he hates writing for The Flash. Yeah. Hey. He just hates writing The Flash. He was like, I can't. I tried write. I was in a panel uh, for what's the best superpower, and like one of the first questions they asked was, "What's the worst superpower?" And Tom King was like, "I hate The Flash." Tom? I had to write him. I killed him in two ep- in two issues. Tom? I'm like Thomas, and hey. I couldn't tell. But I think I think there was a flat like a child dressed as the Flash or a child in a Flash T-shirt or something in the front row. Because one, Tom King kept cursing, and then people would like point at the child and be all like Thomas, um, <laughs> Mr. King, sir. And also. Tom King just, like, at this child, like, it's great that you love the Flash, but I hate him. Hey, Tom, no one was gonna make you write the Flash. Like, I mean, I know (laughs) he was in this story, but, like, nobody's forcing you to write, like, the whole Flash comic. He's like, what do you even do with the Flash? Like, he's, like... Captain, Captain Cold has a freeze gun, and he's like, ooh, I'm gonna shoot you, and the Flash is like, no, you've been in jail for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah! It rules, Tom! He's like, what do you do with that? <laughs> it's great, is what it is. You write him <laughs> having a cool, fun day where he doesn't get murdered! 
Thomas. I mean, I don't. In in Tom King's defense, I don't think he hates Wally specifically. I think he no. hates all flashes. <laughs> he hates them all equally. It's it's nothing against Wally West himself. It's no. He hates the flashes. If all Wally of them. West had a different superpower, maybe Tom King would not have fucking killed. Hey, Tom, if, if you... it were Barry, Barry would have also died. That's true. Tom, you gotta come up with. An explanation for how Wally got murdered with his OP superpowers, Tom. Um, I haven't read Heroes in Crisis yet, so I can't bullshit an answer. <laughs> um, did you have any other exciting WonderCon memories you wanted to share on air? Um, I did purchase a trade paperback of... Speaking of Tom King, I did purchase a trade paperback of Mr. Miracle that was pre-signed well it was supposed to be pre-signed i feel a little bit bad because there was like a big long line to get things signed by tom king (laughs) and i was passing by and i like walk up to the side of the table where the assistant is and i'm like hey can i just like buy one of the mr miracle uh trades and she's like yeah of course and they come pre-signed and everything i'm like yeah chill cool i don't want to wait in this long line to get something signed by Tom King. I already did that on Friday after a panel. <laughs> um, I'm good on getting things signed by Tom King. Uh, and so she like opens it up to double check and it's not signed already. So she hasn't huh. signed it. So she hasn't, she like passes it over to get it signed anyway. And I'm like, oh no, I feel <laughs> so bad. Um, but he's like, Oh, Mr. Miracle. Everybody who buys a copy of Mr. Miracle is my favorite person. So I'm like, oh, then you should thank my friend Olivia because she recommended it to me. And he's like, oh, man, I love Olivia. Is she, like, single or something? Because we could make this work. <laughs> Tom, I have some words for you before we can make that work. <laughs> I have and some... I just kind of, like, laughed and left because there were still people at the table, like, talking to Tom King. But I'm just like, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, please. Thomas. Um oh my god. That god, that's so great. Um also speaking of Tom King, uh Detective Comics issue 1000 came out. Um also this past Saturday, I believe, um was uh Batman the 80th anniversary of Batman's first appearance. Um so happy 80th birthday uh, to our friend Batman. Um, yes. I'm so... Happy I'm, birthday, Batman. You're 80 years old. Please retire. 80, please, please go to bed. Um, uh, but Detective Comics 1000 came out uh, coinciding with this uh, very special day. Um, it is... I mentioned this last week before it came out, but like... Action Comics issue 1000, it's, uh, an anthology of, like, short stories, so it's, you know, like, much, much bulkier than a traditional single issue, um, but it's a bunch of short stories by, you know, various, uh, well-known Batman writers and artists, uh, Tom King does have one in there, um, which is more like, uh, more the, uh, 
wacky, fast-paced banter Tom King than uh, his Superman story, which was, you know, <laughs> tragic monologue Tom King. Um, so that's fun. Um, it also has uh, a ton of variant covers. Um, there's, like, the main cover, which is, like, a wraparound, which has a bunch of different, uh, just, like, a group shot of, like, a bunch of major Batman characters. Um, and when I went, I bought, uh, my copy, and, uh, the cashier commented on, he's like, the one thing I don't like about that cover is, like, Damien on the back, like, with a cell phone. Like, I'm sure Damien has a cell phone. But of all the bat kids to use a cell phone, he feels like the least likely. Like, that seems too fun. It seems frivolous. I was like, that's fair. Um, and they have the, um, the Patrick Gleason cover, which I also really love, which is, because uh, I think he did something similar for action comics, where it was Clark and Lois and John all, like, standing together and kind of, like, gazing off into the distance. So he has one like that, but it's, uh, Batman and the Bat Boys, just the boys, not Stepper Cast, once again. Uh, rude. Very rude. Um, but it is a good cover. And also, um, like, they're standing in, like, descending order of, you know, age and, you know, the Robin order. Um, but it is, it is funny because I've seen some people comment on it, like, this is not how these heights work. Jason is absolutely taller than Dick. Um, <laughs> but there are also um, a lot, uh, a whole series of fun variants done by um, a whole bunch of different artists that each depict uh, like a different era of Batman. Um, so there's like from the 40s through the 2010s. Um, I did, I bought the, um, the 50s variant by Michael Cho, um, one, because I love Michael Cho, and two, because it's a very fun cover, um, but if you like Batman, um, and also, like, if you haven't seen all of the covers, uh, you should go check them out, because they're very cool, um, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun, good read, uh, and a... Fun commemoration of uh, a character who has somehow been doing the same dang thing for 80 Gregorian years. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. My old, old friend, Batman. Um, oh. Yes. I just remembered. Yes. Um, they did announce during, because uh, I also, I went to two panels this whole two. weekend. Two whole panels. One was the What's the Best Superpower, mm -hmm. and one was Celebrating 80 Years of Batman. And at the latter one, uh, they did announce a new Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo Batman book. Oh, is this Last Night on Earth? This is Last Night on Earth, yeah. Yes. And of course, because he's Scott Snyder, he started, like, talking and just saying a lot of shit. And, like, I'm just, I'm giving away the whole thing. But, like, anyway... <laughs> God. And it sounds wild. If you if you don't want to uh know anything about this book other than that it sounds wild, skip ahead like 30 seconds. But apparently it's very much like 
ooh, Batman's been in Arkham this whole time, but has he really? <laughs> oh my god, that's so, of course, of course, Scott. That's extremely on brand. I love it. I, it looked so good. I can't wait to read it. Um, I can't, I can't wait to read a Scott Snyder story that's not about one of his evil murder Batmans. Because I can't, I cannot take that anymore. This is also going to be probably a little bit of a murder Batman, but not, like, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss or talk about or reminisce on? Dustin Wen was really impressed with my Superboy cosplay. He thought I bought it online. He was like, I don't remember DC making one of these. And I'm like, I made this. And he's like, you made that? Oh, Dustin. And then I bought Super uh, Super Sun's prints off of him. Because, of course. <laughs> because, of course. Because why wouldn't you? And he, um, shared, he shared a picture of it on his Instagram story. And I'm just still uh, like, you've drawn the boy. And <laughs> I'm so happy John Kent is valid. Oh. And so is Dustin Nguyen, who I love. Yes, yes. Um and he even like um cuz you know how on the Superboy sweatshirt um it's got like the on the strip down the arm that kind of like narrows near the elbow. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, a lot of artists don't put that in. That's how it's supposed to be. But a lot of artists, and I don't even really, a lot of artists <laughs> don't put that in because we're lazy. <laughs> we just don't wanna. But that's really how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, yeah, I used I used the uh, Jimenez uh, concept art page. So like, it had the front, it had the back. It was it was good. It was Gucci. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad. It was so good, oh. and it was an excellent way to kick off uh, WonderCon, because I went to two panels where I saw Scott Snyder and Tom King sit next to each other and talk <laughs> about superpowers and Batman and everything. And then I went and, like, uh, I watched uh, Jim Chung uh, mm -hmm. do a sketch portrait of Zatanna for the person in front of me. Nice. And I bought some uh, Young Avengers prints off of him. And nice. then I went to Dustin Wen and had this wholesome conversation. And also bought some Super Sons prints off of him. So, like, my brand was on point that day. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, it was I'm a so good glad. weekend. I'm tired and sore, but WonderCon good. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you have a good time. You had a good time. Um, if you wanna, uh, if you wanna keep up with the good times that, uh, that we're having, if you wanna, uh, talk to us about any of your favorite, uh, con interactions, um, by which I mean convention interactions, but also if you talk to somebody about Connell, um, I'd love to hear about that too. Um, but you can I find did, us. I did see a, um, a, Connor cosplayer, and I was like, I love your Connor! Hell yes. Hell yes. Valid. Superboys are valid. Um, if you want to talk to us about any of that, 
you can find us uh, all over the internet on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, just at Capes and Japes. You can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, you can uh, join our Discord server and chat with us there um, about comics, not about comics, about whatever's going on with you. Um, we love to hear it. Um, you can leave us a rating and a review if that uh, tickles your fancy. We sure would appreciate it. Um, if it tickles your fancy even more, we have a Patreon um, where you can support us monetarily and get all kinds of fun perks. Um, and, uh, oh, and my dog's getting antsy, so I gotta wrap up. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Tell a friend if you think they'd be into it. Um, we love you, as always. Uh, I have been Olivia. And I have been Elion. And, as always, happy birthday, Batman. <laughs> Happy 80th birthday, Batman. Old, old, old Batman.